Hey there, we're Tali and Ophira Adut, identical twins and astrologers. Welcome to Astro Twins Radio, where we bring the stars down to Earth. It's the week of February 19th to 25th, and Tali here flying solo. I want to call this week Valentine's Day Do-Over, or Valentine's Day Part Deux, if you had a good one, uh, because this week is always going to be far more romantic when it comes to the sun's position in the sky. We are now in Pisces season as of Sunday the 18th, late at night, and This is truly the most romantic time of year, these four weeks. It goes on till March 19th in 2024. Yes, Pisces is the final sign of the zodiac. It's a four-week spell where we all just kind of get to let go of reality a little bit, or at least loosen our grips, and get into that poetic, fantasy-fueled, imaginative space that romance requires. I mean, what we love about romance is that it's an escape, right? I mean, sure, it can be romantic to have that person by your side to help you pay the bills and all that, but that's not the kind of work that Pisces does. Pisces lives in the quantum field. Pisces season takes us out of Kronos chronological time and into Kairos, that liminal space where we basically lose track of the clock and aren't sure if we've been sleeping or sexing or doing it, whatever, making art, making love for five minutes or five hours. Okay, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. Anyways, uh, so welcome to Pisces season, but we're not really done with Aquarius at all. Um, Aquarius is hanging on um, in a beautiful way that really works well with Pisces season. Uh, Mars and Venus both moved into Aquarius last week. They've basically been in the same sign since the beginning of the year and they're they're going to keep at it until through April but what is really nice is that they are going to make their exact conjunction this Thursday 222 and in numerology 2 is the number of partnerships and love and harmony and Venus and Mars only meet up once every two years. They actually, the last time they were conjunct was March 6th, 2022. There's another two. And they were in Aquarius. They were conjunct in Aquarius. Uh, That was not the case the time before that, where they met up in Capricorn and then Virgo before that. So it's, it's not like they're always in Aquarius. So if you are an Aquarius sun sign or have placements in this zodiac sign, you're going to feel this. And um, and in a kind of a way where, well, for all of us, we're getting a permission slip from Aquarius to do love and romance the water bearers way, which is highly experimental, edgy, groundbreaking. Um, if you've been reading the news lately, there have been a number of articles that are starting to drop Uh, on how polyamory is gaining popularity and 
you know, becoming normalized in a lot of places and spaces. So, you know, as we move, as we've moved into the, the internet age, we've gained so much capacity to contain multitudes in everything. And so relationships for many people are moving in that direction. That's not the case for everyone, and that's not the only way Aquarius rules. But Mars and Venus and Aquarius, their exact conjunction on 222 this Thursday in Aquarius, will impact us all, will have us all maybe embrace the concept of relationship anarchy, which is a polyamory term that I think can be applied as a brilliant term that I think can be applied broadly just um, in, in giving us permission to redesign our relationships uh, as according to, you know, to tear up the script actually and write a new script for them. This has been going on in my opinion since last summer, summer of 2023 um, Venus turned retrograde and was retrograde in Leo, which is actually Aquarius's opposite sign. Uh, and if you know anything about Venus retrograde, it really is like a romance reset. It's a six-week period where Venus changes from being an evening star, being visible in the evening sky, to a morning star rising just before dawn. And in the middle of that passage, there's a, a phase where Venus is actually invisible. So the metaphor we've used for years is that you get a chance to put an old love story to bed or an old way of being in relationships to bed and to, you know, write a fresh script. And there are 18 months between each Venus retrograde. So we are in this period of Venus retrograde in Leo. Venus actually only turns retrograde in the same five signs over and over again. And then it just moves back to degrees every 18 months. So that's a little complex. Um, we have an article on that on astrostyle.com, uh, which we'll drop in the show notes for you. But, you know, suffice to say, even if you don't understand anything about a retrograde, um, this is how we interpret Venus's retrograde uh, between the retrogrades. So it was retrograde in Capricorn before Leo. Capricorn is a sign of kind of proprietary traditions, um, structure, stability. There was a lot, um, and that was going on. We were still in pandemic period that happened from December 19th or December 29th to January 19th. No, December 19th to January 29th. Sorry. So December 19th, 2021 to January 29th, 2022. So that six week phase gave us this sort of Capricorn energy. Everyone was restructuring relationships. The pandemic's kind of, the pandemic tore through a lot of the things that we were used to dealing with. And then this summer we had, um, this past summer, uh, we had uh, the, the Leo retrograde. And that one took place from... July 22nd to 
uh, September 3rd in Leo. So now we've got 18 months since then. So we're not too far into it, actually, where we're all attuning our romantic um, radars, I guess, or compasses in this Leo direction. We're really working through these themes of Venus and Leo because I really do feel that, and I've seen this, that after Venus goes retrograde, it's not like it's over and we get to move on. We actually have this 18 month, year and a half period to integrate what, you know, the kind of the the love bomb that Venus retrograde drops. And so in Leo, it's really about reclaiming our power. It's reclaiming our passion. It's reclaiming our ability to be proud. Um, I think there was a lot of internal shame that may have come up for people while Venus, while we were dealing with that Venus retrograde and Capricorn fallout. And it needed to be seen, you know? It's like everybody was kind of going around pretending their lives were perfect. And then along comes the pandemic. And, um, you know, I don't think there's anyone out there who didn't at least have some period of time where they fell apart. And when that happens to you personally, it affects all your relationships. And you have to deal with yourself and deal. You know, Capricorn is one of the elder signs. It's a 10th sign and it's a strong sign. It climbs up the mountain. It's persistent. It's tenacious. And, you know, it takes a lot of tenacity to do that kind of exploratory work on yourself. But odds are shame is one of, or, you know, shame is one of the emotions that you may have battled or seen other people battle. So now we're learning how to live like the loud and proud lion according to our hearts. Leo rules the heart. And so I think that this Mars, Venus, and Aquarius connection that happens on 222, because it's opposite Leo, is going to amplify that. It's going to, you know, Aquarius is a sign of community. It's like, okay, now let's take all of that out into the world. Let's start talking about it. Let's start dialoguing about it. Let's stop shaming people in our communities who want to live in a different way than is the conventional way. You know, let's start expanding our idea of what a relationship can be or even, you know, how one person may not be able to fit every dimension of us. That we've talked a lot about the age of Aquarius really beginning in 2024. That's something we write about and wrote about in our 2024 horoscope book. Thank you to everyone who's got a copy of that. Um, so you know that Pluto uh, has gone into Aquarius. Uh, it's second pass. Um, it was there last year for just a brief little window um, from March 23rd to June 11th. But other than that, this is the first time Pluto, the transformer, the shadow worker, has been in Aquarius um, since 1778 to 1798. A very revolutionary time. Um, during that time, actually, the planet Uranus was discovered by telescope, uh, which really expanded. Before that, astrologers were only looking and astronomers were only looking at Mercury through Saturn. And there are people out there who are 
practicing Hellenistic astrologers who go for that very, you know, older methodology of Saturn as a final planet. Um, and it's it's a fascinating system. It doesn't resonate with me personally because, you know, Saturn is a planet of hardcore realism. It's actually the patriot, you know, the patriarchy planet. And so to me, not looking past patriarchal Saturn dismisses three of the most fascinating planets that are the most evolutionary planets in the sky. Uranus, which rules innovation and the higher mind, is a ruler of Aquarius. Neptune, the planet of dreams and the subconscious. And Pluto, which is the Freudian planet, the unconscious, the things we project onto other people. And there's so much rich exploration now that people are having. We're all catching on a lot quicker to things like you know, attachment styles and what's going on below the surface, boundaries, and not just being stuck in the very realistic plane that Saturn ends at. So all due respect to my Hellenistic brothers and sisters out there, but um, pay attention to the other planets. They've got something to say. Uh that was a bit of a tangent, but this is a podcast, so why the heck not? Um, I hope that information is somehow useful to you and freeing if you're someone who's kind of hitting a wall in your relationships or wants to, you know, spark things up and do things a little differently this year, you know, or even if you are a traditional person. One of the ways you can use Mars and Venus in Aquarius this week in their conjunction on 222 is to remember that it takes a village to keep a relationship healthy, too. So maybe you need to hang out with some more of your friends or get some more social activities going as a couple, go on some triple dates, um, you know, just or bring some fun toys or kinky stuff into the bedroom for yourselves. Let yourself go a little further in your fantasizing. The sun is in Pisces, which is totally approves of this message, okay? Um, and so uh, that's what we've got in the beginning. The, all the action happens towards the end of the week, okay? So Friday comes along and Mercury says goodbye to the Aquarius crew and moves on to Pisces, where it's going to be until March 9th. This is definitely a left brain time where life becomes more fluid, more meditative. You start to connect to signs, serendipities, your creativity, the muse. I definitely want to invite you, if you haven't already joined us, for our ancestral breathwork journeys that we're doing with San Symes. She's an amazing Celtic shaman who uh, teaches us and guides us through a breathing exercise to connect to our ancestors, our departed loved ones, uh, in who've gone over to the other side, but are actually still very much with us. This is Pisces gold all the way. And so Tuesday, 2.20, 
we are doing one for the Virgo full moon. Uh, the Virgo full moon is on Saturday, but we do them the week you know before so that we can get you ready for the energy. Go to astrostyle.com slash events. The first one you can try for free. And people are having major breakthroughs. I've been having major breakthroughs around health and relationships and just feeling this freedom. We did one with Ophi's dog, Lulu, a couple days before she passed. Uh, she was 17 years old. She was with, with us for the Capricorn new moon, and it wound up being a really sacred experience to share. We both got to hold her, and then she she moved over the Rainbow Bridge. She left her body very naturally 24 hours later, and she was really kind of hanging on. So maybe we invited in definitely some support for her from the other side. So come on and join us, you know, if if that is your jam and you're wanting to live in the Pisces liminal space where the veil is thin, you'll find us there. Okay, on to Saturday, uh, the Virgo full moon. That is our second full moon of the year. And the full moon always occurs in the opposite sign of the sun. So during Pisces season, the full moon will always be in Virgo, its opposite sign. And it's a kind of a nice grounding reminder to stay in balance. Uh, this is an early kickoff for spring cleaning, spring training. Yes, spring is still a month away, but we don't have to wait for the earthworms to pop their heads up before we start lifting some weights. I need to actually haul my Peloton up on myself downstairs. I have a one of one of the big projects I took on last year was to create a sun porch in the back of my house. And my Leo friend Sean did it all during Venus retrograde. It was <laughs> which was and it turned out amazing. So uh we, I'm now sitting out here recording, but I want to bring my Peloton downstairs because there's, uh, it's a nice big open room and I feel like I'll ride it a lot more. I can be so stubborn about exercise. I don't know. I've also been eating a lot of sugar since I, I traveled in January and oh my God, there were so many good bakeries and everyone kept showing up with baked goods and I haven't been able to get myself into a better balance. Hey, I'm not stopping the bakeries, but the ratio could definitely uh, shift. So uh, can I have till the Virgo full moon universe? Uh, like it or not, it's going to make us all think about what too much of a good thing looks like because that very same day, Venus and Jupiter, the two hedonistic planets, are squaring each other, forming this tense angle in the sky. So when they clash, as they do twice a year, um, Venus is in Aquarius and Jupiter is in Taurus. Uh, you know, it's Venus and Aquarius kind of get sucked into peer pressure, where Jupiter and Taurus likes hedonism and luxury. But this is... The Virgo full moon is blowing the whistle and it's, you know, you may realize you have to stop just spending indiscriminately or eating and drinking indiscriminately. And remember Virgo's message that all things in moderation 
is the best way to go. And all things scheduled, planned, and tracked even better. I I do like tracking things and writing things down. Money, food. But I also resist it a lot because I'm afraid of what I'll see. But usually whenever I actually do it, which, you know, usually lasts for a few months, a few solid months. But when I do do it, um, it's never as bad as I think. And it's actually quite illuminating of how hard I am on myself. So Virgo is also the sign of the perfectionist. So we all have to start somewhere. Start where your feet are planted and it's and you'll do just fine. Okay, that is the week. I want to invite you to really check out our Become Your Own Astrologer program if you're thinking about learning how to finally understand your birth chart or if you want to get certified as a professional astrologer in our practical applied astrology method. You only get one chance this year. We're only teaching this once this year and the clock's a ticking. We already have a great group forming and there are three levels I want to tell you about so you know how to pick the right one. The first one is the foundation level, which everyone takes together. And, you know, we go through the planets, the zodiac signs, the houses, and the aspects. Even if you know your chart, you've never quite done it like this before. I am constantly, I've been doing this for three decades, and I look at my chart, and I look at it through different astrologers' lenses. We have a formula that'll help you to really uh, finesse your interpretation, because it's not just about knowing your chart. It's also about knowing how to interpret it, and that is something we're really going to work on with you. Astrology is an interpretive dance. The good news is this dance only has four steps. Planets, zodiac signs, houses, and aspects. Aspects are the angles between the planets and the degrees, um, which we will, we have a system that has simplified it. You can understand it, we promise. We taught this course in Tulum for seven years and people came in at all different levels of knowledge and everyone left with mega epiphanies. So we're so excited to be able to teach it to everyone and offer it around the world now that Zoom and technology has taken over um, in the age of Aquarius. So the second level, and by the way, the link is astrostyle.com slash B-Y-O-A, B-Y-O-A, that's short for become your own astrologer. That's in the show notes as well. So astrostyle.com slash B-Y-O-A. If you're someone who, so the foundation level, eight weeks, March 9th, May 4th, if you're into that, yay, you may want to go on and go on to our oracles level, which includes a second eight-week training in which we're going to get into predictive astrology. You're going to learn how to compare your birth chart to the planet's in the sky at any moment of time. So you can do predictions, future casting, um, and and readings for people where you're not just looking at who they are, but also looking ahead so they can prepare for what's coming down the pike. We're also going to do relationship charts. What you know, most of us astrology people also care about everyone else in our life. We want to do their sign, their moon sign. So you will learn how to do the side-by-side synastry comparison and the composite chart, which is a blended chart of 
every relationship has its own chart, which is amazing. And the third track is a practitioner's track. If you're somebody who is serious about turning your passion into a practice, whether or integrating astrology as many therapists and coaches do into your existing practice, you definitely want to apply for this one. Uh, this is, we're taking a limited number of people. This one is by application. So when you go to astrostyle.com slash BYOA, scroll down a little. We have a block there that tells you to go over to the advanced section. So if you're into oracles, which is the the second eight-week level, or practitioners, just all you have to do is scroll down the page a bit and you'll find the advanced link. And then there's a page for that. Um, I'm telling you all the details now because I don't want you to miss out. It doesn't matter if you know nothing about your chart. You don't even have to know your sun sign. Or if you've been doing been a, a TikTok astro student for the last few years. This is going to be relevant, eye-opening, and illuminating for every level. So I really hope you'll join us. This is our favorite thing to do. I'm so excited. We start March 9th. It's eight Saturdays, and it goes um, 1 p.m. Eastern. There's a yearly payment plan, so you can pay by the month or pay in full and save some cash. Go check it out, astrosalcom slash BYOA, and... Either way, I thank you for listening. Thank you for um, spending time with me today. And I hope St. Valentine's, or, you know, if we're sick of him and we don't need him, uh, just plain old Cupid, Eros, whoever, comes back around and gives you a nice romantic, revolutionary relationship anarchy week that we all deserve. As always, thanks for listening. You can discover more of your star power at astrocell.com and be sure to follow us on social at Astro Twins. Join us next time for more cosmic fun.